0: good. Let's say this together. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Um, thank you, worship team. I believe uh, this word that today is for all of us in this church, uh, especially those that are in situations where the enemy is trying to... Um, give you pushback you know it says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church uh well that means we need to be offensive in who we are uh, 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 f- going toward the enemy not running away from the enemy and in other words we're taking his territory we're taking back what he has stolen and uh when we've shared this series on reach out and touch i believe it's more than just um in a natural way that we do things. Although I praise God, when we started this series, uh, it was in the 1st of September. And the very first week, Pastor Bill taught on love and reaching out and loving people and being like Jesus. And uh, he didn't know where I was going to be preaching the next week, but it's on reach out and touch. So I felt like he kind of introduced the whole thing. And then he ended up going and reaching out and touching uh, those situations that were were being faced in the Sudan with the children. I was watching the video with him last night, and, and uh, they had all the children go through and say their name. You can't understand their names, but they're so sweet, and they all get to that microphone. Number one, they've not seen a microphone, probably some of them, and so they're saying their names. And just to know that that God called upon us as a body, as a church, to reach out across the world and touch the lives of those children. And some of them, you'll hear them saying, thank you. Uh, Thank you for sponsoring me. Thank you for taking care of me. And uh, it's just such a blessing to see that. And then in our community, the Convoy of Hope, which is this next Saturday, I encourage all of you, if you want to get involved, you just go Friday night to the volunteer meeting. And uh, they'll tell you what you need to do and show up again on Saturday. So we have that event. And then Heather Harbolt, I I laughed because she said to me on Thursday, she was having surgery on Friday. She said, I just put on Facebook that we'll be a collection center for clothes for this young woman that was burned. in a. She was actually killed and burned in a house fire and had three children that are now they were in foster care when that first happened. I cannot imagine three children having to go to foster care. Uh, in that situation, but I think they've since been put with a relative. But that opportunity, she went ahead and volunteered. So now we're we're taking in clothes for that situation. Everybody say this: there's always a need. There's always a need, and every time we sow a seed into that need, God harvests for the people that we're giving to. But He always harvests back to us, and I believe the harvest is often more opportunities that he sees he can trust us to take care of people, then he'll give us more people to take care of. And so I praise God for what I've seen. But today, I want to finish this with breakthrough people. Everybody say breakthrough people. You know, oftentimes I hear people saying, I'm just believing for a breakthrough. I'm believing for, and we should believe for breakthrough. Uh, I, You know, we pray for breakthroughs in people's lives when we uh, pray over all the needs in this church which we have uh, opportunities for ministry that we have every Monday that's circulated through our staff and so we're praying for breakthroughs but to be a breakthrough person, or to see breakthroughs, there's a part we have to play in that, and that's what I want to talk about today. Um, I want you to turn to Second Chronicles thirty four. And I've been uh, reading, of course, through the Bible, and so First um, Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles—they're kind of a, a repeat of stories of the different kings. You know, when Israel decided they didn't ha- they didn't want to. Just have uh, a priest or someone that represented God telling them things. They wanted to have a king like everybody else. That's in the first book of First uh, Samuel, and so they, you know, they more or less uh, demanded that they have a king. Well, when they started having kings, when the nation of Israel started having kings, is when they start having. Greater problems than they had before. And uh, so the kings, if you read through the old covenant, you'll find where when it mentions a king, it'll say so-and-so did what was right in the sight of the Lord. And then after that, you hear all the prosperous things that happened while that person who was doing right was in office. Then you have the one that says, and then their son took over and he followed in the ways uh, you know of evil, and so when he followed in the ways of evil, it opened the door, and all these curses start happening uh, to the people of Israel. And it, it just is uh, one story after another. I, I've wondered as I've read this, some of the most fantastic uh, kings had the worst sons, or their son was okay, and then the next one that came was just totally evil. And uh, in the in the, all of those stories. Uh, There's just one thread that I see all the way through. God always wants to rescue his people. Uh, He always, whether you got a good king or an evil king, uh, ultimately, he turns it around. He sends somebody to rescue the people. And so I believe that's why we can sing, We Will Not Be Shaken. Because even though we have had some people ruling in our nation, who've made some really unwise decisions. And I know my husband loves to use that word stupid, and I found it. It's in there. I just read it the other day. It says in the Living Bible, they were stupid. You know, know, people who make decisions that affect multitudes of other people just because of their selfish motives bring people into captivity. And uh, when I was ready to go to the courthouse here a few weeks ago or down to the city hall, And I felt like God's saying, they're making laws that are putting my people in greater captivity day after day. The laws are not freeing people. They're putting people in more captivity. And so we as the church have to be the people that rise up and become breakthrough people. Everybody say breakthrough people. Now, you may think I can't even break through what I got going on. Well, uh, I hope today's message will help you. Josiah was the last king that was in Judah. He was uh, a young man that had been rescued. All his brothers were killed. But he was rescued by someone and hidden until the appropriate time that God wanted to raise him up. He was eight years old when he became the king. Now, how many of you have had an eight-year-old that you were ready to assign to be the president of the United States? (laughs) Well, that's... (laughs) Yeah, I know. So um, I have a seven-year-old granddaughter. She's not ready. Um, So, you know... (laughs) You, you think, you know, they know something, but even even people who understand medical things say your brain isn't really fully developed till you're at least 21. So this this boy needed help. And it says, Josiah was eight years old. I'm in Second Chronicles 34 verse 1. Uh, when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem for 31 years, uh, he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight and followed the example of his ancestor David. Oftentimes it will say that. Um, that when a king does something right, it always refers back to David. And if you go and you look at Acts chapter 13, 22, there's a reason that David is referred to as someone to be like. And it says, but God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Now, we all know David made a, a big mistake along the way, but God honored David all the way through his walk. But he walked in humility. He trusted in God. He waited till God was the one who raised him up. He didn't try to take a place that he'd already been anointed to take. And so he had attributes of a breakthrough person. That's And so when it says Josiah was like uh, he, he wanted to follow in the ways of David. In other words, he, his life as an eight-year-old was uh, principled. It, it, there were principles in his life. And the reason I know this, it says during the eighth year of his reign, now 8 and 80, 16 at this point, while he was still young, Josiah began to seek the God of his ancestor, David. This is for all the young people that are in here this morning, and will be with Dan later. When he was, that was 16 years old. He was still young. He began to seek the God of his ancestor, David. Then in the 12th year, that would have made him 20 He began to purify Judah and Jerusalem, destroying all the pagan shrines, the Asherah poles, the carved idols and cast images. He ordered that all that the altars of Baal be demolished and that incense altars which stood above them be broken down. He also made sure that Asherah poles, the carved idols and the cast images were smashed and scattered over the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. He burned the bones of pagan priests on their own altars. And so he purified Judah and Jerusalem. He did the same thing in the towns of Manasseh, Ephraim, Simeon, even as far as Natali, and in the regions all around them. He destroyed everything. Verse 8 says, in the 18th year of his reign, 26 years old, after he had purified the land and the temple, Josiah appointed Shaphan, son of Azalea, Mizea, the governor of Jerusalem, and Joah, the son of Jehoiaz, the royal historian, to repair the temple of the Lord his God. And he gave the high priest Hilkiah the money that had been collected by the Levites who served as gatekeepers at the temple of God. In verse 10, it says he entrusted the money to the men assigned to supervise the restoration of the Lord's temple. All this will mean something in a moment. Verse 12, the workers served faithfully under the leadership of Jahath, Obadiah, the Levites of Mer, the Merarite clan, and Zechariah and Meshulam, Levites of the Kohathite clan. Other Levites, all of whom were skilled musicians, were put in charge of the labors of various trades. Still others assisted as secretaries, officials, and gatekeepers. Verse 14, while they were bringing out the money collected at the Lord's temple, Helkiah, the priest, found the book of the law of the Lord that was written by Moses. That would be the first five books of the Bible. Shaphan took the scroll to the king. And reported, your officials are doing everything they were assigned to do. In other words, they were doing everything they could to repair the temple as far as a physical structure. As far as putting all the practices, uh, all the pieces in place for the practices of the things that were to go on in that temple. But then he says, the money that was collected at the temple of the Lord has been turned over supervisors and workmen. Shaphan also told the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a scroll. Now, the scroll would be like somebody handing the word of God to someone. And then he says, he read it to the king. When the king, now this is a young man, 26 years old. He's, you know, 26, 27, 28 in this time frame. He, When he, when he heard what was written in the law, he tore his clothes in despair. He then gave orders to Hilkiah. Uh Ahakam, son of Shaphan. I didn't read all these names before. I wouldn't be doing this. Arbor, son of Micaiah. Shaphan, the court secretary. Asiah, the king's personal advisor. But it's important that you see he had a team of people that were working with him. He had a team of breakthrough people. He was a breakthrough guy, and he had a team of breakthrough people. And he served a breakthrough God. And so go to the temple he says, and speak to the Lord for me and all the remnant of Israel and Judah. Inquire about the words written in the scroll that has been found for the Lord's great anger has been poured out on us because our ancestors have not obeyed the word of the Lord. We have not been doing everything. This scroll says we must do so they took uh they took this over to huldah who was a prophetess and they asked her it says in verse 23 they they asked her about this this book and and what the book says and she said to them the lord the god of israel has spoken go back and tell the man who sent you which is this young man this is what the lord says i am going to bring disaster on this city uh, uh, on i am going to bring disaster on this city and its people all the curses written in that scroll that was read to the king of Judah will come true. For my people have abandoned me, offered sacrifices to pagan gods, and I am very angry with them for everything they have done. My anger will be poured out in this place, and it will not be quenched. But go to the king of Judah, this young man who sent you to seek the Lord and tell him, this is what the Lord says. The God of Israel says concerning the message you have just heard. You were sorry. And humbled yourself before God when you heard His words against this city and its people. You humbled yourself and tore your clothing in despair and wept before Me in repentance. And I have indeed heard you, says the Lord. So I will not send the promised disaster until you have died and been buried in peace. You yourselves will, you yourself will not see the disaster I'm going to bring on this city. So he took the message back to the king. There is a way to stop what sin can do. You know, the wages of sin are death and destruction. At this point in Israel's life as a nation, they had disobeyed God continually to the point that finally God said, you are going into captivity. You know, we can think God won't put people in a a place where they feel captive. Have you ever heard of walking through the wilderness? (laughs) How many of you have ever had to walk through a wilderness? <laughs> that is not a fun place to be. But when you're in that place, God is doing something. And He's not doing it to harm you, He's doing it to correct you and bring you to a place where you can flourish for God. And so, those wilderness experiences, I've been through a, for a few. They're not the most pleasant place, but when we come out of them, we come out of them trusting in our God not trusting in our own ability, not trusting in other people. And in today's world, this is not the day to trust man. It it will be a downfall. It is the day to trust God without any reservations of who he is. So that's what he did. Now, um, in this leadership Bible that I study, and since today, it ended up that we are sharing today about uh, the election, about what we need to be doing. Uh, I think the church needs to be talked to. I think the church definitely needs to be talked to in our nation because we have a commitment to God to take care of this land that he gave us. We are responsible as his people in the earth to take responsibility to guide and direct and and impart to people truth. And so uh, when... We saw this, and someone had given us this, that around the nation today, uh, pastors have been asked to, in their pulpit today, encourage people to vote. Encourage them to know what, who, what, not who necessarily, but what are they voting for? What, What are they saying they're in agreement with? Do you know if you're not in agreement with God, you can't walk with God? It says, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? So for a breakthrough person, it just happened that in this Bible, and you can tell I've read this one a lot, because, you know, when you're a leader, when God puts you in charge of things, then you're responsible to God for everybody that he puts underneath you everybody you read it in hebrews it says that the the pastors of a church are responsible for the souls of the people in the church and that's why it says pay attention to what they're saying because i've sent them to give you the word you don't have to believe anything that i say but you better know what god's saying and if you hear it in the pulpit you need to ask god about it and so this is josiah and it says josiah and the law of victory leaders find a way for the team to win Everybody safe for the team. See, leaders aren't concerned about them winning. They're concerned about their team winning. You know, if you're, my daughter Lori's a school teacher, she's concerned about. Those children in her class this year pass and I read, but she's concerned about her team. Those, those kids are on her team, and she's the leader of that team, and they all need to pass that test. So as a leader, there are certain things we can believe for the break- breakthrough, but there's certain things we have to do or be that brings that breakthrough into our life. It isn't just like, oh, I'll lay here on the couch and watch TV and eat, you know, cookies and drink soda pop, and God's going to move on my behalf. That's not the way it works in this Bible, not the way Josiah had to live. He had to take a stand. He had to crush all those altars. He had to do things. And the first thing he did was he said, the Bible says, he sought God. Everybody say, number one, you have to know the Lord. You have to know your God. It says in Daniel eleven thirty two, 32, those who know their God will do great exploits. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. Watch out for flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. That's what Josiah did. He was a breakthrough person. Number two, they have to know who they are. You, first you have to know who God, your God is, then you have to know who you are in him. And it says in first Peter two, that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And number three, you have to know who your enemy is. Everybody say very important. (laughs) Your enemy is not people. You know, when you listen to debates on TV and you hear what people are saying, the enemy is not the person. The enemy is the devil who's trying to destroy both of those candidates. In whichever one or both or none he gets a hold of, that's what happens. The same way God works through us, the devil works through people. So he is working in this, in this nation, in people. It says in 2 Corinthians five eighteen nineteen. we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. We are ambassadors. Everybody say ambassadors. And you didn't even have to be elected by someone in political office. You've been elected by God to be an ambassador and number three or number four, the last one, you have to know you are a winner. Turn to somebody and say, I am a winner because when we get in a battle, if you're, if you're trying to contemplate, uh, am I going to be all right? You're already defeated. I just want to tell you that if you're already thinking, uh, I, I hope I get through this. You're already defeated you have to know. Everybody say, I am a winner. I'm going to give you the scripture. You need to put it down. First Corinthians 15, 57 through 58. It says, now thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore we are steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And that's exactly what Josiah did. He did this He did this his entire reign. It says in verse 33, and throughout the rest of his lifetime, they did not turn away from the Lord, the God of his ancestors. So as king, he held that whole thing together. How did he do that? You know, in this uh, Maxwell book, it says, victorious leaders share an inability to accept defeat. So I ask you today, are you here today accepting defeat? No, if you don't accept defeat, then you're, you can stand for a breakthrough. You can be a breakthrough person because if you already know the end of it, I will win. Now, you know, the outcome is not always what you think it is. I just want to tell you that because I've lived enough life that when I thought I was going to win, it wasn't the win I thought I was going to have, you know, as a young person, you know, divorced with three children, I was just sure that my ex-husband was going to leave his new wife and come back and, and help me raise his children. That's not the ending I got, but I got Pastor Bill. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it wasn't the ending, but it was victory. Yes. Everybody say victory. victory. See, what happens is people have an ending they've planned, and therefore they're not breakthrough people because they're looking at that situation to happen for victory. Victory is this, God We'll give you exactly what you're supposed to have out of the situation. We can't look at it and reason it in our mind that this is what I'm expecting to get. It's what God will do, but he will always give us the victory. He will always bring the breakthrough. You know, in Second Samuel, when they, when it says that Josiah, you know, was like his um, ancestor David, David was in a situation where he got uh, the position of the king and, uh, and he became the king and right after he became the king the philistines hated him so they came to attack him well when he when they came to attack him he said god should what should i do i mean should i fight them do i do i you know get into a situation with them or what do i do and he said you confront them you will win and he said and god broke through for me he's the god of the breakthrough so you know when you're a breakthrough person you can expect that no matter what enemy you're facing, God is going to be on the end of that to bring a breakthrough for you in your life. We need breakthroughs. How many of you need breakthroughs in your life right now? Situations where you just need to see God be God. But in that situation, you have to be like Josiah. You have to, to me, the the attributes of this young man, immediately, as soon as he became king, his father had put up all of this junk, and he came in and he tore it all down down. All down. 16 years old. He tore down everything that his father had built up. I believe everything that the enemy has done in this nation can be torn down. Everything that has happened in your life that is not of God can be torn down. But we have to become the breakthrough person who says, I'm tearing this thing down. I'm tearing down the, the affliction of drugs and alcohol against my family. I am tearing down that thing in Jesus name. We take a we take an active uh role in bringing the victory. Now God is the ultimate one who'll do it, but David had to go out and fight in that battle, but God gave him the breakthrough. Uh you know, Josiah, I'm sure he met with opposition. He's just a young guy, you know, he's I'm sure he had lots of people telling him you can't do it. But I, but I want to give you these four things that it says in this um in this word here from uh, John Maxwell, it says number. Uh, there's four things. He, how does a leader seek victory over self? Your greatest enemy is yourself. My greatest enemy is me, because what sits between these two ears thinks a lot. Now maybe you know you're like my husband. You don't think a lot. Uh, my husband. I don't mean that. I don't mean like like he doesn't. You know, <laughs> he doesn't think at all. But. <laughs> You know, my husband doesn't think about things that he doesn't have an answer for. Let me say it like that. If Pastor Bill doesn't have an answer, I don't care who you are, me or anybody. He just says, there's nothing to discuss because I don't know what God's saying. So just pray. Just pray that I hear what God's saying. But we aren't going to discuss this, 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 and this. When I know what God's telling me, I'll let you know. Gosh, you know, I'd like to talk. (laughs) Even if I'm not looking for the answer, I'd like to at least have a little conversation, you know. But my husband, because he, he doesn't let his mind meditate on things that he can't fix, how often do we do that? We cannot be a breakthrough person and be like that and we have to get the victory this is what this says and i believe it winning is an inside job the ultimate goal is to win that's how where the breakthrough comes ultimate goal so it says the team that achieves victory is the one that first wins internal battles always and i can attest to that because i've had to do that in my life win victory over my over myself over my thinking over my the way i would do things and this is what it says number one he remained open and teachable he was eight years old then he was 16 years old and what he did was he sought the lord he didn't he humbled himself he humbled himself even when he found the scroll when they found that that scroll and they read it to him he tore his clothes he you know he 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 immediately repented for a nation that he's so young, he had nothing to do with anything they had done in the past. But he, he, in his humility, he took responsibility for all those people that had done all those things that he had really never been part of the decision. He took the responsibility of repentance over that situation. And when he humbled himself and departed from the ways of his arrogant father and sought God, he began to have the victory because that's where victory begins. Number 2, he removed obstacles carried past forward from the past. You know, all those idols, all those things that people worshiped. I mean, he didn't he didn't call a town meeting and give an explanation. It doesn't say that. It just says he went in and removed them all. He went in and tore them all down. Then he not only tore them down, he broke them up into the, until they were just ashes, and then he went and threw it over the graves of all the pagan priest the priest who had taught wrong things oh dear god don't let me ever be a pagan priest (laughs) you know but that really seriously it's important that we understand we are holding within us for the world answers we have the answers in us but we have to be the vessel to carry those answers that will bring the glory to god and this young man did and so he tore down everything it says um they may be ineffective traditions you know sometimes you have to tear those things down uh incompetent players who need to be released errors in judgment or unrepentant sin whatever they are you must find the courage to face and resolve them how many of you know that's hard to do sometimes it's really hard to say that's not acceptable that is not acceptable uh, number three, he realized what he needed to give, and he gave it. You know, he restored all the um, sacrifices and temple worship. And, and so he, he himself supplied all the animals. He supplied everything. He, it, it, sometimes it cost us to be breakthrough people. You know, we have to put our, our whole livelihood in there to get the job done. But when we do that, if we're doing what God says, remember, he's the God of the breakthrough. And that brings the breakthrough when we do that. And number four, he recognized the key to victory. Now, I want to read this one because I think it's important. Every leader, everybody say, I'm a leader. You know, you may think you're not a leader, but you are a leader. Your vote in the election will matter. That's why God put you here. Uh, The things you say, lead people. I mean, look at your family. You know, you try to lead your family in the way God tells you to. But whether, whether you're doing the best job you think you could do or not, you're still the leader in that home. Your parents are still the leaders. And so it says, every leader must find the key to victory. For Josiah, the key was repentance. After the book of the law was discovered and, he, and read, he genuinely repented of his own sins and of those of his people. He repented for the people. Then prompted his countrymen to follow his lead. Every leadership situation contains a key. Everybody say a key. Now the Bible says that we have been given the keys to the kingdom of God. We've been given keys to bind. We've been given keys to, to loose. And what the, what this says is you are the leader. You must find the key and turn it. You must find the key and turn it. You must know what that thing is that's going to bring that breakthrough. And whatever it is you got to do that. Everybody say, I'm ready. Now you're probably sitting there thinking, I don't think I am. Well, again, if we, do you want the break? You know, it's like God said to me, do you want the breakthrough? Then you start doing every single thing I tell you to do. And don't look at any of the results and compare them to what you think they should have been. You do exactly what I tell you to do. You say exactly what I tell you to say and where everything falls you let me take care of that you do exactly what i say i believe god's saying that to the body of christ i believe he's saying that in families i've watched it in situations we've had with with like my nephew you know sometimes you want to do something and god says don't do it don't do it this time say this this time don't say this this time you know tear down that lie don't, don't, don't do this this time. You know, you have to be in your heart knowing that number one, you're doing what God told you to do in that situation. But when you do that, uh, you get victory over self. You get victory over your own mind, your own ways, the, th- the way you want to do things. And this is what I want to conclude with, which I think is important um, for us where we're at in our world today. Uh, in this, it said outward reform brings inward renewal leaders must experience personal change before they can implement public change that's where the problem is folks the problem isn't with who's the president the problem is with the people who are voting could I say that again because pretty silent we need to stop not praying for those and praying for who's going to be our president but what we really need to be praying for is the, the whole nation of the United States to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about a, a mental ascent. I'm talking about where they begin to believe that this nation is in danger. Where they begin to believe my family is in danger here. What, what is being taught my children in school? What's been taught to my children by other people, they are in danger. Everybody say in danger. We are in danger of losing a nation. Read the old covenant. It happened all the time. And the key to it was when the king did what was right in the sight of the Lord, God intervened. Now I want to tell you, we are king and priest. That's what the Bible says as the church. We are kings and priests. It isn't all dependent on who's the president of the United States. Either either person who gets in office, we are going to have to pray, people, because we have allowed this nation to get in such a fix that neither one of them can do anything. But God will. Everybody say God will. Because we win. Turn to your neighbor and say we're supposed to win. So as the church, we have to begin to take a stand against these things. We cannot... We have to lead in our family. We have to lead and speak truth regardless of whether somebody believes what we're saying or not. We have to do what God tells us to do in that situation and be bold enough to speak it because when Josiah did it, It says, this is the end of it. The king summoned all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem, and the king went up to the temple of the Lord with all the people of Judah and Jerusalem, along with the priests and Levites, all the people from the greatest to the least. There the king read to them the entire book of the covenant. That had been found in the Lord's temple. The king took his place of authority beside the pillar and renewed the covenant of the Lord's presence. He pledged to obey the Lord by, all, by obeying all his commands, laws, and decrees, decrees with all his heart and soul. I have not heard any candidate say, we need to repent as a nation. I haven't heard any, uh, any kind of Republican, Democrat, Libertarian. It's men saying what they can and cannot do. There has to come someone who rises up and says, we have to repent. We have to repent or we're going to lose this thing. God is looking for the church to be that leader. I believe it. And we can pray, because Josiah did, we can pray and ask God to forgive all those people that are making wrong decisions. We can repent for the ungodly that are in leadership. We can repent and say, God, forgive us, forgive them. We stand in the gap. We stand in the gap. We have the ability to get the victory in this situation with our nation. But more importantly, we got to get it on the home front. That's what God began to show me. It's in, it's got to happen on the home front with our children, because believe it or not, I understand it now because my mother's in a nursing home. I'm in charge. She says so of her life. Well, now I'm thinking about my children who are going to be in charge of my life. And my sister, bless her heart, says, Don't worry, we'll take care of each other. I'm thinking, We're gonna be in the same place, silly. What are you gonna do? You know, <laughs> so you know, what she, that's what she says the rapture will happen. Let's not think about it. Well, that may happen, but if the rapture doesn't happen, when we think it should happen, we could be one of those nations where a king makes a wrong decision, but we can rise up in the midst of that. Because if you read the old covenant, there was always a remnant. There was always a remnant that God was looking after. And he will raise up someone out of that remnant if we will be faithful. But that's going to be the children that are coming. That's in this next generation, those that are coming after us. And you may be one of those over here. You don't know. You just don't know over there. You might become the president. Wouldn't you like to be the president, (laughs) Nehemiah? How old are you, Nehemiah? Fifteen. See, this guy was 16. Would you like to go and start tearing down everything that the enemy's done? If God is for you, who can be against you? Let's stand this morning. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we are breakthrough people because that's what you've said about us. And whether we walk